Hey, brother. Hello, brother. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 14 of Match Wits. I'm your host, Steve, alongside my younger brother, Chris. That's me. <laughs> Match Wits is a nostalgia-infused pop culture. That's typically uh, Chris uh, on the pop culture side, and I'm, I'm typically the old uh, nostalgic guy. Um, and we go. We talk about a whole bunch of different topics. This topic's going to be, or this this week's episode is going to be interesting because it's going to be uh, probably a whole bunch of different random topics uh, stitched together, um, as opposed to our neatly organized and completely <laughs> planned out podcast we normally do. Exactly. Uh, well, it, we're, we're kind of shying away from the because we we talked about a whole lot of movies through the first uh, through season six and seasons and the early part of season seven sure. top ten lists and things like that. This is an opportunity to go through some some other stuff. Typically, if we disagree on something, we do what's called a dimwit challenge, which is pretty much Chris only agrees to bet me when he knows unequivocally that he is correct. Well, look, um, you always try to bet me on stupid stuff. Like, you know, yes. it's different. We're arguing like years movies came out or actors that were in certain movies and stuff. But you're like, oh, whoever the starting guard for the 86 Browns was. I'm like, no, I don't know who that was. Joe Delamalor. Yeah, whatever. You could have made that name up. Dollar like, bet? No. That's Joe Delamalor. Exact- Exactly what I'm talking about, Steve. Like I okay. don't know that stuff. Right. I, 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 he played for the Browns. I, he might have been a right guard. I don't care. I'm not betting you a dollar on that. Right, fair enough. <laughs> All right. So there's there's a couple things that we want to get into. Um, we were we're about a week or so late for our Thanksgiving episode. Logistics yeah. just didn't work out with families and stuff, and we had our our. Somebody had some construction done at the house on the roof. And, and, and I had a, a, a cold slash flu for like eight days. I couldn't yeah. get rid of it. I'm still like, I still have like the, the end. Like I wake up in the morning and I just cough stuff up. And it's just like, yeah. It's so miserable. I was just, yeah. It, it's uh, being sick. The older you get, it's just like. Sticks around forever, man. It's like hangovers. Like I used to be able to shake over, <laughs> shake off hangovers in like forty-five minutes of getting getting up. I would have like I would slam a cup of coffee or a Red Bull, drink like a big Gatorade, throw some Advil down my gullet, and I'd be good to go to like go drink some more. But now it's like I have like I had three beers last night, Steve. I drank like fifteen gallons of water today. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The, speaking of which, so I was going through. Um, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast. I, go, I've Pro- these, probably you don't for, need to say that anymore. We've for, probably for, touched on everything that we're. Yeah, I just want to. I don't want to get into repeat category, but we talk about so much crap. So I've been scanning pictures in. Right? I got a, a decent Epson scanner that's good at uh, flatbed scanner for scanning pictures. And there's a, like there's these like boxes of pictures, and I came across the the day after our wedding reception and it's a mm. close up of your face and I swear you're bleeding from your eyes. Probably. Like that's what you guys told me I had to go <laughs> sign the marriage certificate because I wasn't gonna come down for the uh we had like obviously like a day after bruncheon where all the families were right, getting together. Right. And I knew I was in no condition to be around anybody <laughs> At all. And you came, someone came pounding on the door. It's like, Chris, they're getting ready to leave. And I had no idea what time it was. It could have been 4 o'clock in the afternoon by that point in time. They're like, you need to come down. They have to leave. You need to sign a marriage certificate. So like, I didn't brush my teeth. I didn't do anything. I just came running down and I ran into that whatever, like the conference room suite that they had like set yeah, up. Yeah, it was a conference room. It was like yeah. right next to where we had the reception. They rented it out and we had, yep. a, we had a little breakfast the next morning. All the gifts were in there and stuff. And 
So I have a close up. I should probably post it on Twitter. I'll let you see or, it first. Or, or you could but... just not. You could just burn, <laughs> you could burn that photo and never show yeah. it. Like nobody wants to see me. It's Sunday morning or whatever, the day after your wedding, where I was the best man and got obliterated. Like I knew that's why I got up and I was like, I, I'm not going down to that. I don't want to embarrass Steve. Yeah. And then you trick me into coming down yeah. anyway. Yeah. And I think that one, it probably took you a little longer than 45 minutes. Just judging sure. by that photograph. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. All right. But that was the, the, the night before my wedding was what, 10 years later. And that was about the same thing. Like everybody was getting up and going golfing and dad came to get me. And I got up at like 70. He looked at me, he goes, go back to bed. I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, it's your wedding. You can't look like this when you're getting married. Go back to bed. I said, oh, okay, fair enough. And I just curled up, went back nice. to sleep for another four hours. Nice. Yeah. That was cool. Your wedding was fun. Was that was like a country club or something? Yeah, it was called It's Tough Trees. It was right outside oh, of Penn right. State. It yeah. was right right by Penn State where you could see the stadium and stuff. But no, we wanted to get married at Penn State, but we didn't want to get married like downtown Penn State and deal with all like the college kids. <laughs> right, we just wanted right. to be in state college. So it worked out. I mean, her family's from eastern Pennsylvania and we're from western Pennsylvania. So it was kind yeah. of in the middle. So no, my wedding was a blast. It was a six-hour open bar. I remember dad showed me the tab when he showed me the, the, the digital printout of the tab. Cause like the, we had the cocktail, the two hour cocktail hour. And then the two hour pre dinner was all paid for within the package. But everything after that, the four hours afterwards was all on dad. And I just remember he goes, they drank all of the captain Morgan. And I was like, what do you mean all of it? Like, they went into the stock room, got more and they drank all of it. There wasn't a single bottle of captain Morgan left in Toft Trees when we were finished. That's with it. pretty funny. I remember when they called last call at ours, right? We were at a, uh, a resort, not a resort, a conference center, but it was a, yeah. a banquet facility in Shepherdstown, yeah. uh, West Virginia, and where my brother in law was the, the food and beverage manager, Daniel was the food and beverage manager there. But I remember they called last call, and people like Shannon would go up and she had like three drinks and dad's yelling at her. Like, dad was blocking me. I got up like, to go run with everybody. He, grabbed me, he, goes, you don't, he goes, you don't need any more. I was like, yeah. what are you talking about? He's like, stop it. Stop drinking. I was like, no, <laughs> it's a wedding. That was good. Good fun. So anyways, uh, let's, uh, again, these are a bunch of random topics stitched together. Um, the first one I have, and I don't know if I sent this, I think I sent this to you on, on, um, Either on text or on Twitter. I don't tweet a lot, so. Uh, but it was the the Calvin and Hobbes. Where you yeah. go when you die. I have that printed out, Steve. I have that one like printed. Is that out, like, is that legit? Yeah, it's a, I mean, that's that a was real... a nobody photoshopped it and everything. That's nope. the legit like where you go when you die and some Hobbes said Pittsburgh or something. And Calvin just goes, "If you mean if we're good or we're bad." <laughs> <laughs> no, because Watterson's from like outside of Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. So I wondered if that was like if he's a if he's a Browns fan and that was probably. Like a, yeah, I would I would assume so. But like that was I don't remember what book it's from. But yeah, no, I have it. I took it out, scanned it, got it enlarged, and then sent it to one of those like uh, I don't, don't want to say tapestry, but like vinyl places that do like the the wood cutout frame and then they stretch the vinyl over top. Yeah, of it. Like, yeah, yeah. I got that made, and then Aaron for my one birthday got the one of Calvin and Hobbes sitting on. They, it's when their dad takes them camping, and they're mm. sitting on. It's one of Watterson's like best artistic panels. It's the two of them sitting on like this beautiful lake, looking out. It's the it's my Twitter. It's my Twitter banner too. It just says, "I bet you I'm missing some great TV shows." It's this beautiful <laughs> sunset over this lake, and I was just like, "Yep, yeah, that's perfect." So I have those two panels 
printed out that I eventually, when I do set up the the set for my my uh, weekly series that I want to do, that's going to be in the background. Nice. Yeah, not, All right, so it's a, it's a real thing. All right, that's awesome. So yeah. I just wanted to – it was one of those things I wanted to chat with you about. Someone – Anytime you want to talk about Calvin and Hobbes, Steve, like we talk about things that I'm obsessed with, like things that are like Star Wars, Marvel, like that kind of stuff. Like Calvin and Hobbes probably is the top of the top for me. I own every book I own, the the leather bound hardcover collector's edition that has every single time that Calvin and Hobbes has appeared in any mm-hmm. book, uh, newspaper. No, Char- Charlie, and- Charlie has that one and he's read them probably 10 times cover to cover it, it's one of the smartest cartoons you'll ever read like it came out recently like the guy that did dilbert is kind of a mega loving trump Every, women are stupid oh, Scott are stupid. adams or whatever yeah, yeah yeah so that came out and like i was just like okay good i don't care about him if it ever comes out that bill watterson is like a piece of garbage i will be so unbelievably heartbroken there's like three people in the world that if they ever come out like everybody has their secrets everybody if it's right. mr rogers uh mm. bill bill watterson yep. or oh no who's the third one that i just had bill cosby uh, jim henson Oh, yeah. If it ever came out, like, it came out that Jim Henson was kind of like a taskmaster and stuff, but Mm. whatever. (laughs) I'm okay with that as long as he's not like an anti Semite or like a a misogynist or anything like that. But Bill Watterson, from all accounts, created almost the perfect comic strip and then just left it the way it should be. Like, it was just like, all right, I'm riding off into the sunset. He did his art right. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he, he did his brain. Like, he just, he never licensed, right? Any Calvin and Hobbes, anything, t shirt, anything you get is not licensed by Bill Watterson. It It, is, it is pirated. it's, It's whatever. It's in his living will that even in the event of his death, his estate cannot sell any authorized commercial merchandise because it ruins what Calvin and Hobbes was for him and what the point of it was. And people forget like how smart it is. The name Calvin and Hobbes are based off historical philosophers, and there's so many different ideologies that they discuss between a six-year-old and his stuffed tiger like it and it's so smart and yeah it has some really dumb stuff in it but that's what makes it timeless and that's what makes it so smart and it's just anytime someone starts talking about calvin and Hobbes, i can go for hours watch did you watch the documentary thank you mr watterson no is that a thing yeah, Seth Green was, a, I think, a producer on it that th- this guy went to go find him and just wanted to thank Bill Watterson in person and never did, never found him. And it, but it, the whole first hour is about when he started looking and he started connecting with all of the Calvin and Hobbes fanatics throughout the world, how supportive and friendly and you immediately had a kinship with these people and he was like and everybody was on the same quest it wasn't to hound him for an autograph and it wasn't to you know to try to get him to come out of retirement all they wanted to do was say thanks because he just he removed him he's still alive from what i understand just yeah and he's living, not that old no and he's just living in the middle of like ohio somewhere just living a quiet life like yeah. just kind of shunning all the publicity that this this comic book meant to everybody and that's what the mm-hmm. whole documentary is about is about it's called finding mr waters or i think it's 
No, it's thank you, Mr. Watterson. I have to. I'll find it. But yeah, no, it's, it was on Netflix not too long ago. All right, I'll have to add that to my list. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned Jim Henson, you mentioned Muppets. So I think we should quickly mention <laughs> that um, uh, Carol Spinney, who played yeah. Big Bird in Oscar the Grouch, passed away. I think it was yesterday or today. That's yeah, sad. He was like ninety, though, wasn't he? Eighty-five. Eighty-five. That's, That's a, good a good run. run. That's, That's a good run. That's a good man. run. And you know, it pretty much. He was a Muppeteer. I mean, he was Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch primarily. In the movies, on TV, in the video games, you know, he's the voice. He did all that. So. That's important. uh, Yeah. And, you know, again, I think we might might have mentioned this on the podcast. We've we've got hours with the podcast. Anyways, (laughs) um, at some point in my my, my, uh, uh, academic career in college, I was contemplating the idea of dropping out of Indiana University of Pennsylvania and flying to London to beg Jim Henson for a job <laughs> um, and do that. Like yeah. I was just like I was I was like my wheelhouse with my with the, the sense of humor that I have and like it, it lends itself to children. <laughs> yep. It's your it's your and, white whale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, dude, I wouldn't even like of all the people in our family that probably would have snickered and laughed at you I would not have been one of them I'd be like yeah absolutely yeah. I completely understand doing that and going to going to try to seek out Jim Henson for a job I completely yeah I was just like I'll do whatever like mm-hmm. I will mop the floor like give me a job just to get around that like how do you get into that and and part of it was I was just you know uh, I had two majors or I, I eventually landed on two majors because I was just like the business degree was driving me insane, like math and like, so no, no creativity. Now, the reason I didn't either go to film school or go beg Jim Henson for a job was I ultimately got, got into a band and that kind of fueled my creative fire. And there you go. Something to scratch the itch. Exactly. That's what you, everybody talks about. Like, I get it. Like everybody's, why don't you, why don't I do film production for a living? Cause I like having money. I got a wife and a kid, (laughs) man. Like I, and so I just need, so we have this, we have this podcast. I've been doing my screenwriting. I'm starting to get back into film production. Like I sent you the, the picture of the war film that I was in not too long ago. Like that's, yeah, it's not, I'm not doing exactly what I want for a living, but I'm still doing enough. I'm still doing enough to at least scratch that creative itch. So I don't feel like such a failure, but, (laughs) but yeah, I I completely understand going to dude. Have you watched any of the dark crystal age of resistance one on Netflix? No, Oh, so it's so good. Like, so I, I haven't watched all of it. I only watched like an episode or two. It got nominated for a couple awards for like best writing and stuff. And there's a writer that I follow on Twitter that wrote for it. But I love that it's it's 90 of its practical effects again. Good old puppets. Good old yep. people underneath the floor puppeteering. Love, love and, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it brings it. It brings an element to it. Um, you know what I mean? Like you know it's a puppet, but you mm-hmm. you you you've come to trust the the, the Muppets as believable characters. It, you know, it's when, easier for me to suspend disbelief when I know that there was actually something there, rather right, than them right. acting against a tennis ball and trying to match up <laughs> eye lines and things like that. Yeah, like exactly. I, CGI for me should either be set extensions or sky replacements you know what i mean like if you really need this beautiful sunset i get it i get the logistics of trying to plan that out it's nearly impossible so using cgi for that 
isn't as distracting. Like, uh, okay, I get it. There can't be two sons on top of Tatooine in in The Mandalorian, but I also know that the speeder bike's not real either, but that just... Did you watch the most recent episode? Yes. Of, I didn't like it. I didn't like the last two episodes, man. And I, and oh, I don't really? like... Yeah, I thought well, the last episode... the not this most recent one, but the second to last episode where they went to the village. You know what that was, Steve? That was an episode of Firefly. Like, to the beats. And instead of having Mal and, and the, the group of six, it was just the two of them. It was Baby Yoda and, and the Mandalorian. And right. it was just, it felt like a lot of other episodes of television that I had seen before. Mm. But it also crystallized for me why I enjoy the Mandalorian so much. It's basically because it's Firefly. In space, or Firefly and Star Wars, hmm. I'm okay with that. I miss, I miss, I'm a huge Firefly fanatic, and I, I miss that show. And it was just about 20 to 25 years too early. But now the the Mandalorian seems to be doing that. But the last episode, I didn't like the kid, the kid that played the bounty hunter that he went and helped. I didn't like him. At oh all. yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I didn't either. And it felt like a little bit too much fan service. Like we get oh, it. Oh, there was a lot it. of there was a lot of fan service because they're on Tatooine, right? They're like, on Tatooine, dude. man. But the <laughs> galaxy's so damn big, and he's just he's supposed to be on the outskirts. And I get Tatooine is on the outskirts, but why? Why does he have to be in the cantina on Tatooine? I think it was that most Eisley. Was that is that where yeah. they were? And yeah. That, that that was that was another one of the the droids that was on Jabba's barge. That was the, the disciplinary droid from Jabba's sail barge. It wasn't him, I'm, I'm assuming, but the, right. the one that was running the cantina was the exact same one that punishes the bad, the bad robots on Jabba's cantina in Return of the Jedi. I don't need that. I don't need, I don't need to see speeder bikes again. Why were there speeder bikes? There wasn't speeder bikes in the original on Tatooine. Yeah, but the, and but these were like, Cobbled together speeder speeder bikes. Well, sure. I guess yeah, because it's five years after Jedi, right? Sure. So and there were and there was some cool shots. Of the the three quarter side profile of them riding looked really cool, but then like the full front on one and the full rear shots were clearly CGI. It wasn't them riding, right. you know, these these smaller version or riding these makeshift ones and then CGIing the screen around it. The whole thing was, and that's when I start. That's when I started going okay. All right, I'm not, I'm not 100 percent on board. So I don't know. Uh, I still, still love this still, show, and I'll, it's still yeah. good. Uh, so, what, so what's your theory on the the end? Here's a big spoiler at the end where there's the dead uh, bounty hunter, and then somebody walks up. I think that's uh, that's Werner. That's Werner Herzog. He's setting he's setting breadcrumbs to get the Mandalorian to follow, to get him to bring Baby Yoda uh. back. To the remnants of the imperial of the of the empire. Oh, I gotcha. You know what I mean? Like that's because it looked. He was wearing a very similar outfit. It was red. It was kind of the spurs that he was wearing. Mm, that's a good call. There's 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 some there's some rumors flying around that it's Boba Fett. Ugh, I if dude like if he shows up, I'm gonna be pissed. Well, not pissed. No, but he's you know well, he was but... into the into the Sarlacc, whatever it's called. The uh, he went into the the pit. In the call. The Sarlacc in the comics, he clawed his way back out. Oh, really? Yeah, in the books, I mean, you can make followed. it. You can make. You could make, and and that was on Tatooine. I mean, you can yeah. make. You can make it that he he survived. It was only five years prior. So, anyways, yeah. No, it's, still still like the show. Sure, um, absolutely. I'm, I'm just I'm curious. Did you are you going to go see on the twentieth? Are you going to go see the new one? 
Yeah, I don't know if it'll be on the 20th, but it'll probably be either that opening weekend or sometime during the week. It's work, man. Like, I just have so much work. But but, but as soon as Christmas hits, then it dies off again, and I'll have some time off, so I'll probably go. But yeah, I'm going to go see it. Of course I will. So what's the... uh, I'm I'm curious. Like, if... If they end Mandalorian, which I think that's going to be eight episodes this season, we've yeah. done five. There's three more. So it would be really interesting to see how they they've got to stitch this Yoda character together it, with right. the, it the has three, to be like it has to, and and that would be so awesome if you're if we are getting a buildup of backstory, all of a sudden when you see an emergence of a, a new Yoda again, which would only be he would be like a toddler. Like a yeah. preteen, like a preteen yeah. Yoda. No, he's he's this... still a toddler, basically, because I don't. Yeah. the The new trilogy's only set because like the Mandalorian five years. Yeah, like Mandalorian Jedi. Yeah, Mandalorian's five years after Jedi's, and then the new series is like twenty twenty five. So Baby Yoda would be like eighty five in the context of Yoda's. Yeah, he'd be like a he'd be a yeah, toddler like still. nine, <laughs> yeah, ten, eight or nine years old. Yeah. yeah, but if they do that and they stitch it, he shows up in the movie. That'd be so. That'd be cool. That'd be a cool way that you can stitch things together. The other thing I saw that. Um, Disney said that if if the Mandalorian went well, which I would imagine it's gone really well um, in terms of the response and and all that, um, that they're going to make a Mandalorian movie if it sure if it got good response. But (laughs) wait, you don't you don't think the mouse is going to to squeeze (laughs) as much money and merch? Like I can't believe that they didn't have merchandise ready. We didn't know that Baby Yoda was going to be really popular. Oh, really, morons? Like I could have told you that. Who's going to be that popular? Like, they didn't even have T-shirts or anything, or any kind of stuff. And now it's starting to pour out a little bit. But they're like, we didn't yeah. expect the, you know, the, the character to be that popular, and we didn't expect that many people to sign up on, the sign up for Disney Plus the first day. It was only ten million. I thought that was low. I was like, oh, I expected way more people to sign up than that. I mean, you figure that the population of the United States is what three hundred fifty-five million. So, that's, like that, yeah. so like 10 million is only like one thirty-fifth of the, the whatchamacallit so it doesn't really shock me I would, I would expect it more I think their goal was to be in three years like 90 million sure. subscribers which that's, okay. that's an insane amount of money paying what seven dollars a month dude I don't how many how many global subscribers does Netflix <laughs> have hold on I'm gonna look this up wait. but vamp um <laughs> the other thing I wanted to bring up because I did bring up Mr. Rogers. Did you see the story that came out that Mr. Rogers was a farter? No. Any, anytime like they were on set and it got too quiet or there was like a moment where it was like way too serious, he used to fart on people. Like he used to walk them not on them, but he would walk up and like fart by them and That's then laugh, and, laugh and walk away. No, Leslie Nielsen was famous for doing that. He had a little fart squeeze fart thing that he used to use <laughs> all the time to keep to keep people light. Um. All right, one hundred and fifty-one so, million subscribers. How many? One hundred and fifty-one million subscribers. Wow! And they're paying a, seven, yeah. eight dollars a month. Uh, seven or eight dollars a month. Yeah. So you're you're making seven hundred million dollars a month. You're almost making a billion dollars a month. Yeah. That's why they put all, all this original stuff that they're putting out, too. Like, they can't spend enough money. They literally, right. like, that's why. Well, like, and when Disney's Netflix, like, no, nah, I'll take, I'll take Marvel. I'll take my Marvel. I'll take my, I'll take my Star Wars. I'll take my Gargoyles. 
I'll take the, it all to you Disney+. You ruined Plus. that, too. I was going to surprise you today and, and bring it up. Like, hey, dude, I don't know if you saw it. Gargoyles is on Disney+. Plus. But the only problem that I'm going to have with Disney+, Plus is they're not coming out with new enough stuff fast enough. Yeah, they didn't probably have enough runway. I mean, yeah. Yeah, That's right. the only problem gonna, I have. But the Mandalorian's going to be over. You're going to be like, all right, I'm not going to go watch Bambi again. Yeah, exactly. You know? I'm not going to watch Toy Story 1, 2, 3 again for like yeah. the 90th time. So that's my only concern is that it's going to – Netflix almost has too much where Disney doesn't have enough mm-hmm. yet. But it's all coming. I mean, they have a ton of Marvel series coming. The the Vision Scarlet Witch one looks cr- like, like it's going to be a crazy one and then – is that a uh, show or is yeah. that a direct yeah. movie? No, it's called yeah. a, it's called a Wanda it's called WandaVision and it's supposed to lead directly into the new Doctor Strange movie which is going to be from what the early what Scott Derrickson the writer of the first one said it's going to be a straight up horror movie. It's called it's called uh Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness mm. which is a deliberate reference to John Carpenter in the Mouth of Madness he even said so. And he was like, yeah. Someone asked him, nice. was like, yeah, is that supposed to be a reference to John Carpenter? He goes, yes. <laughs> yes. It's, I love that movie. I love John Carpenter. So, yes, it's supposed to be. So I'm curious. Sure. Give me give me some weird Marvel stuff to go along with my Falcon and Winter Soldier espionage movie or show. And right. The, they're doing a Hawkeye one. Sure. Give me more stuff. Yeah. Make it. Just you make it enough good. to watch anyway. So, um. A little, little segue here. Um, so and I don't know when I started this. And I, I, I should go back and look and see if this was on my guilty pleasures list or whatever. But every year, sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I watch Beautiful Girls. It's, <laughs> it's, it, I, it's just – it's one of those things. It's a timely it's, – it's for, it's, for me, it like, seems super nostalgic. It's The guy goes home. You know, for Christmas, for yeah, after and, and right around the time of his ten year reunion, um, oh. yeah. So he's yeah, it's it's, it's it, but it. I love the way that movie is like shot. I like the the actors are in it are great. The story is cool because it's like you know you're hitting you're hitting thirty. You know you're, you're staring down thirty, and how you go now? I'm, I'm much older than that now. But there's I don't know there's some nostalgia in it. Right, getting met, together with your high school buddies and everything. The town and, itself reminds me of Erie too, Steve. It's oh, not totally. Set, it's not totally. set in a big city. It's set in like a, a small suburb on the outside of a big city, and it's all snowy and dirty and wet. And it's everybody like the guys that stuck around have like plow companies and stuff yeah that, that feels like home that and they go like to a, they go to the whatever is the thompson inn or whatever and it's got it's like this cool like gin joint where yeah. there's a piano and a fireplace and you can and see was it stinky the guy that runs it stinky yeah stinky <laughs> yeah not stinky beat but stinky yeah the the guy and it's just there's something about that movie that it just it's a, a nice thing for me to watch. It's not a Christmas movie. It's not there's no like there's Christmas is not, is not part of it. It's a, as much of a Christmas movie as like Die Hard. Um, <laughs> okay, well, that's I shouldn't go there. Um, no, but you know what I mean. Like it, it, they don't even like it, it. It takes place around Christmas, right? And it's again, it's that it's that feeling. It's that it's that um, Janine and I were talking about this. There's something about the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas where I think universally everything kind of slows down. Maybe except for your, your work takes a little bit longer, but everything kind of slows down. You know, kids are wrapping up school. 
you know, we're at some point we're kind of everybody's getting ready for the holidays. It's like the Thursday of the year, right? <laughs> like sure. you're just kind of getting, you've got this anticipation and everybody's going to be able to have a little bit of time, hopefully get a little bit of time over the holidays where you're focused on being, you know, gracious and thankful and um, spending time with family and, you know, all, all that stuff. So there's just something about that movie that I, that I like. And it's funny, sure. you know, I need the backstory of that. So it was written by, um, oh, who's that guy? Is it Scott uh, Rosenberg? I don't know. Yeah, Scott Rosenberg. Yeah, he wrote Con Air. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, he wrote Con Air and he wrote some other stuff. Um, what else did he write? Sorry. Um, <sighs> Con Air was his big one. Um, oh, Gone in 60 Seconds. He's written a couple of Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> But Beautiful Girls was, he was in his 20s. He had written Con Air. He was waiting to see if it was going to get made. And he went back to his home in New England uh, or, you know, Massachusetts, which is kind of where this takes place, right? It's on the outskirts of Boston or New York or whatever. Um, And and he goes back and it's kind of based, and he wrote it in five days. And and he wrote it back in, in, you know, as part of his journey when he was going back and connecting with his friends that he had grown up with and everything. Um, Cause it's one of those movies that it reminds me a little bit of like a Kevin Smith movie where it's, it's, it's a lot of dialogue. It's like a the ton whole, of dialogue. The, the whole, whole movie's thing. dialogue. Yeah. Um, yeah. The whole movie is dialogue. And it's really, there's some really good dialogue in there. But for me, I think it just captures for me, like where we grew up. Like you never see the sun. Nope. Right, most of it's at night and it's snow. You know, it, it's snowy and and it's it's all of that. But you have like the warmth of the bar <clears throat> with the, with the fireplace and all that. It's all dark wood and 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 you know when they're in the houses, it's the same type of thing. Well, the uh, whole interaction between Timothy Hutton and Natalie Portman when she's making fun of him for the way he shovels. She just walks outside. And she goes, "City," and he goes, "What are you talking about?" And she goes, "Your tech, your technique, it's sloppy. So you either live in a city or somewhere where it's warm." And he just goes, "City," and then the other time when he comes out and she's mad about something and she's just stomping in the in the in the snow, and he goes, "What are you doing?" She goes, "I'm working some stuff out." And she goes, "I like stomping in the snow. It gives me a tremendous sense of self satisfaction." Like that's true. There's something yeah. about, especially when it. It either freezes back over and it becomes ice, so it feels like you're just smashing glass. Like that's very right. cathartic for people that live in a place where you don't see the sun for six months. Exactly, like, where, where everything just becomes versions and, and shades of gray for long periods of time. Like I love Erie during the summer, but it is almost uninhabitable from the end of November through like March. Yep. But, but then when you get I, some great. Agreed. We get some snow here where I'm from, where I live now. We get like two inches of snow and everyone panics. And I just laugh. I'm like, you cowards. Right. Like, this is what we played soccer in, in October <laughs> in Erie. Like, right. This is why we used to have to wear sweatpants and hoodies underneath our soccer uniforms. Because if you fell in the snow in bare skin, it hurt. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it was that snow that had been slowly melting for mm-hmm. months. And it just compacted to the point where it was like razor sharp. Razor sharp. Dirty as yep. as, as possible. With like this black snow, oh. and you're right. If you fell on it, like if you you slipped and hit your hand on it or whatever, it was gonna e- either gonna break skin or you're gonna hurt oh. yourself pretty bad. Or at least tear your gloves. One of those. <laughs> exactly. 
But so, that's why, like, anybody that lives or anybody that's from the snow belt, I, I, it's the same thing. I almost immediately have a kinship with. There was a guy that I found out is from Buffalo at one of the places that I deal with. And I said, <laughs> oh, okay, so you get snow. And, like, they were talking, I think it was, like, last Monday. They were like, we're going to get six to eight inches of snow. And, like, I walked outside the day before, and it was, like, 40 degrees. I'm like, we're not getting any snow. And, like, they let school go home early, and everybody was closing up shop. And they're like, you can go home early so you don't get caught in it. I was like, I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about there's not gonna be any <laughs> snow how do you know i grew up with snow like you literally at that point when you're around it that much you can almost smell it in the air you can walk right, outside right like, you know it's coming right. you know it's yeah, coming yep the yeah. dew point hits a certain area and the temperature is ba- about right yeah. the barometer drops and you see the clouds drop to a certain level you're like yep that's fucking snow like that being able to address that kind of stuff immediately bonds each other together so i was talking to the guy about snow he's like oh where i'm from we get way more than this and i said well where's that from he's like buffalo and i just went eerie and he was like oh you get it and i was like (laughs) totally so and which then brings me into so going from beautiful girls again it's just a nice tradition that i have i watch it have a nice you know have a nice glass of bourbon um i watch it outside so i had a cigar too which was cool um, it's just, it's just a good, it's now it's, it's something to watch every year at this time of year is I won't, sure. I won't watch it during the summer. It doesn't feel like it's just, you, you think you look at that. You're just like, Oh, it's cold and miserable, but yeah. It, having, it your own, well. having your own personal tradition for Christmas when there's just so many manufactured or mass ones, like everybody talks about, yeah, we're going to watch a wonderful life again. I hate that movie. <laughs> I mm. really, I just like, uh, I've never well, really it, liked Jimmy Stewart and I just always disliked that and Miracle on 34th Street, all those ones. I, eh, whatever. Give me, give me Scrooge and that's about it. Give me Scrooge and probably family or in Christmas vacation at least once so I can watch Clark Griswold just snap. Yeah, yeah. That, you gotta watch that. And, um, Growing up, or growing up, when, when I was in college, so Jimmy Stewart was from Indiana, Pennsylvania. Like, uh, that's where he was born and raised. He went to IUP the whole night. It wasn't even IUP at the time. It was the teacher's college or whatever. Uh, so, so they would play It's a Wonderful Life on one of the states, like, on a loop, starting yeah. around Thanksgiving. Like, it was just constantly on. Never seen it the whole way through. I'd pick it up and watch it a little bit, turn it off. Cause they also had a big statue of him in front of uh, City Hall. Yeah. I think from It's a Wonderful Life, and he's got his hand, like his hand, like pointing, which is the per- it was the perfect shape to put beer in his hand <laughs> and would hold it. So every morning he would have a, a red solo cup or a can of beer or a bottle of beer in his hand every morning. Fair enough. Well, see, this right. always when we're talking about Christmas movies, this always just gives me an opportunity to bring up that Bob Clark, the guy that directed Christmas Story, also directed Porky's and Black Christmas. <laughs> guys, that guy's a national treasure, and not enough people know who he is. Right. Well, we're gonna do, we, we're gonna do a whole Christmas episode here okay. um, sometime in the next week or two. I wanted to again. We didn't touch on Thanksgiving, but part of part of um, part of the nostalgia for me for Beautiful Girls is it does. It reminds me. It reminds me of going home, whether I was in college or when I was living in Virginia, or whatever. Going home, you know, it, when I, even after college, going home to to, to Erie. And um, so and going home for Thanksgiving, right? Just that would be one of the times that I would go home or going home for Christmas. So I really uh, that's one of the things I miss about living out here. And now I know I saw I saw you back in uh, back in November when we went to the game and I got to mm-hmm. see, you know, our siblings and our dad and everything. So that was that was cool. But I do miss the the, the getting to, the getting together. And we had a pretty we had a pretty cool upbringing in the fact that. We would get together with the extended family, yeah. 
almost you know almost every for you I was almost every holiday because our, our Polish grandparents were dead when I was twelve, right? So yeah. you would have been five, five or six. Uh, yeah, so you know we would go to Conneaut, Ohio, which reminds me a lot of that little town yep. in 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 uh, beautiful girls. But we would be there with our in higher extended family, yeah. um, and it was funny because it was a it was a Rambler house. It didn't have a garage. You entered from the side, and it was it was funny when you look back on it because when you walked in, the stairs to the basement were right there. Yep. So all the kids would just go right down to the basement, and all, all, the, all, the, adults all the adults right stayed the kitchen. Up, Yep, and all the adults stayed upstairs, and if one of the parents came to the top of the stairs, <laughs> you were in trouble. Well, you got a warning, like, don't make me come down there if we were making too much noise or somebody ultimately ended up crying, you know, if I was teasing you me, or if I landed on you, <laughs> maybe gave you a, a rug burn on that horrible carpet that they had. That was yep. it, it was like that commercial-grade carpet. Oh, yeah. It was it was brutal. It was super synthetic, but we became really close with our cousins because it was like Lord of the Flies. Exactly. Now, luckily for me, I was the oldest. Yes. <laughs> so yes, you were. I tended to have the conch a lot of the time, because Kirsten wasn't super, or you know, she was the only one my age or older. She was actually like five months older than I am. Um, and she's she, a nice person. And she's, <laughs> she's, and she's right. not. She's not power hungry. Yes, she's not a you know a crazy person who just wants to inflict emotional distress on the youngest brother. Um, I don't know that that was my motivation. I don't think sure where was. where where it comes from. Uh, and nothing was malicious in what I did. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the motives, <laughs> um, I think I was more motivated by humor. Getting a laugh, sure. Getting a laugh from the, getting a laugh <laughs> at from the your expense, at my expense, because you were super serious, right? You were a super serious, like you were a super serious kid. I was. Um, Wait, I, again, it's like making fun of my penmanship. Like, sorry, I was a, I was a thoughtful, non-spasmodic yeah. six-year-old. My bad. I like to read <laughs> books and read comics and not scream and yell and. Be a crazy person. Yeah, sorry. Sorry you can read my handwriting and I was a nice, reserved child. <laughs> my bad. And I had to break that uh, or I tried mm -hmm. to. Um, so we would go down in the basement. Luckily, our grandparents had a cool because as it, I think – I do remember how many cousins we have. Like it was like 13 or something. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, three. Well, I, mean, I have to do the math. Three of us, two. the two Christies, the three, the three Snyders is the two Marlows, the, well, then Adrian and – Bobby. The other one was yeah. Bobby. So, so there's three, yeah, six, yes. Yeah, it's like 12. Yeah, 12 or 14. 12 or 13, something like that. <laughs> and we, we would go down the basement, and then we would, like, then ultimately we would come up for air because they would put out snacks. Yep. And we had a, there was a go to repertoire of snacks when we were in Conneaut. There's specific, and we, I think we did it for almost, and it doesn't matter who hosted because they still do it today. You yeah. sent me pictures of one of, one of the go to's, <laughs> which, we the, we called them a corned beef round, but they're basically that little loaf of rye bread that's yep. like the size of a I don't know. They're tiny. It's party. Yeah, they're they're like, called party rye. It's like a quarter of the size of a, a piece yeah. of bread, and yeah. it's like half the thi or half the thickness. It's right, but it's rye. but it's got a density. It's rye. It's a density, so yeah. you can hold up, and then it broils well. Yeah, and nice then you and put yeah, and you put I don't know some meat it's corn, mixed it's, with it's corned beef cheese. 
It's corned beef, beef mixed with cheese, mayo, a dash of Worcestershire, and a couple other. I had the recipe from mom written oh, in nice. her hand, written in her handwriting. I made her give all of them to Aaron. Oh I, yeah, Janine has too. Like all written on, in her handwriting on. Yeah, no it's cards. the Beverly Beverly Goldberg's cookbook. It's all like the stuff that we hated, <laughs> but now I absolutely love. Like yeah. I made, we made it not too long ago, and I had some left over in the fridge, and I was looking for a, a snack before the Browns game, and I was like, oop, I got a half a par, a half a loaf of party rye left, and I got some corned beef mixture awesome. left, so I made myself a little thing. And I only Aaron goes, why the hell are you taking a picture of your plate of corned beef rounds? I was like, because I'm gonna send it to my brother, because I'm sure we're gonna talk about something about this on. We totally, and I wrote this down, like I wrote some things down, like when we thought we were going to do the podcast like a week and a half ago. Um, And I I wrote, I wrote down uh, chicken livers wrapped in bacon. It's called rumaki. The actual technical name is called rumaki. For what? For chicken livers wrapped in bacon. I oh, is it for, really? I work for a gourmet food company, Steve. Like, and that's what I, I was like. What the hell is this? Rumaki, and it says chicken livers wrapped in bacon. And I looked it up. So and the good. actual name. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. I remember just tasting it. The, what, what other seven, eight year old kid is eating chicken livers wrapped in bacon at seven? I didn't know what it was. They didn't tell me. They're like, it's meat wrapped in bacon. Eat it. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I, I was like, wow, this is really, really good. And I ate like an yep. entire plate. And then I remember they told me later that it was chicken liver and i was like okay never eating that again but it was really good at the time steve i introduced aaron's entire family to salami and cream cheese roll-ups oh my god i forgot about those everybody was like ew you're putting cream cheese on salami and then then you're like try one yeah and i was just like i know it sounds gross i know it does but just try it and Aaron tried it she goes holy crap that's fantastic and i was like right and i was like so we bring it we bring it to like places that we go, and everyone's like, "What is this?" And I was like, called they're called salami, they're called cream cheese rolls." I forgot about those. So what else do we have? So we, we had the corned beef rounds, yeah. the chicken livers wrapped in bacon, the the salami rolls, like cold just... ta- cold taco dip. Oh yeah, yeah like the seven layer or yeah. whatever. But it was roll. cold. It was like the cream cheese on the bottom, and then had the yep. cheese, and then the yep. lettuce and tomato. That was on good. Top. That was the was... best thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then, then I always remember this. So this, the, there's the the shrimp cocktail, right? and we were Ugh. not a well, yeah. But that was to me that was the bee's knees. We never had shrimp. I, that was like the only seafood that I liked. It and was that fancy. Cocktail, that cocktail sauce was the go-to, and I just remember the one year, like Florence, our grandmother, put out the the round disc of like it was store bought but it was like take the lid off and put yeah. out the shrimp with the shrimp cocktail and I'm standing there as fast as I can grab mm-hmm. one eat it throw the tail down mm-hmm. grab one eat it throw the tail down I'm I'm eating these things and she just put them out and she said she's like Steve get back <laughs> like she yelled at me like to get away from the shrimp so I told that story 20 years ago to to Dan and the guys I played in the band with. <laughs> To this day, they have friends that when somebody's doing something like that, they will say, Steve, get back. <laughs> These people like have never met me yeah. <laughs> just because it's been it, – it's turned into like folklore or something. They mm-hmm. will say to somebody, one, like, one of their friends when they're doing something like you know, eating chips or like, Steve, get back. For me eating, for me eating for all me the cold eating, – For me eating all the cold Ugh, cocktail I hate, shrimp. I hate cold they, shrimp. Mm. I hate it. I, I can't. Like, they, when we do family functions with Aaron's family, they put that out all the time. And everyone's like, Do you want some? I'm like, get away from me. I don't know. I don't like cold appetizers yeah. unless it's like meat and cheese or vegetables. You know what other thing I was just thinking of? You remember the sausage soup? 
what I just called it sausage. Oh yeah, like that the, was a that was a late comer. That was an Ian Kathy thing. But that was one of my favorites, Steve. It was I, like I what, made that. four diff, four different yeah. kinds of sausage in some kind of like sweet and sour sauce. It was yep. so good. Oh. Yeah, you put. I think I have the recipe for that. Um, I used to make that for potluck dinners and stuff at, at like work because it's literally you just slice up some sausage, you put it in a crock pot, and you just let it stew oh, with barbecue sauce and like jelly or something. Yeah, so good, really good. Um, I'm getting really hungry. Um, so, and so we would have the snacks and then ultimately we, uh, and the way this Rambler was set up is they, our grandparents had a really small eating kitchen with a table that maybe like it was a, it was a kitchen table. Like you could hmm. sit comfortably. You could sit maybe five people. Yeah, probably uncomfortably like we did. And because the, the kids were you know, 12 we were all younger <laughs> is, uh, oh, sorry, hold on my, <laughs> It moved my mouse. Everything went black. Anyway, mm. um, but then we kept multiplying. So it, we would sit in the book. The cool thing is we were in the kitchen, and the dining room was literally down the hall. Yep. And if they and if they closed the pocket doors, we were com- completely on an island, which was great because as much as I love the the appetizers, I hate Thanksgiving food. I don't like turkey. The only thing I really liked was broccoli cheese bake. No, no, I'm going to pass on that. Yeah, and like the stuffing, if it was like was really sausage. good stuffing, but I was yeah. not not the, big, the, the, the sausage stuffing was good. But the, hot, the other, sausage stuffing where they got the Jimmy Dean sausage roll and they crumbled it up and then they bla- they browned it and then kind of crispied it up and then mixed it in late. Yeah, oh, so good. that yeah. was good. So I would just fill up on rolls. I would fill up on the appetizers, which is why I ate all the shrimp. And then we would <laughs> sit there. For a half hour and wait for our cousin Bob to finish his meal. He was the slowest. He's like a Seinfeld character when yeah. it came. And we couldn't we couldn't have dessert, which was typically pie or like jello, right? Yeah. It was like a Good. jello whatever with the whipped cream on the bottom. Yep. We couldn't touch that until everybody was done eating. Like yep. it was old it was old school. I don't know if you remember this, but Bob, we'd be done and I'd be like, holy crap. I'm like a teenager at this time, and he, uh, he would take 45 minutes to finish a small plate of turkey and mashed potatoes and some veggies. Like it was crazy how he ate. No, it wasn't crazy how it ate. It was crazy how you tried to push everybody to eat the same way that you did. Like someone was going to take it away from you. Mm, like, that's a good Aaron point. Eats, I still, Aaron I still eats eat the same that way. way. Uh, I, we when we sit down for dinner, Aaron eats like it's prison. Like someone's going to take uh, she's, someone's <laughs> going to shit her for her plate. Like I sit there and I eat and I chew my food and I eat. And she goes, "You're the slowest eater." And I'm like, "No, I'm not. I'm a normal speed eater. You just eat like someone's going to take it away from you constantly." Like she when she's done, she like throws her silverware on the plate like, "Done." Like you just stop the time. Like, it's not a yep. race. Yep. So I still eat that way. Um, that, so as as the cousins and everything, and, and we would we even had multiple shifts of kids at the kids' table because we had the older kids like me and the twins and Patrick. Yeah. And, and, and then we had the youngers, which were like you and Allison and Bill and Bob and, and all that. So we, we either, I think we did shifts at some point. Sometimes. Eventually the kids' tab- table moved. But at the, at the core when the kids' table was in the kitchen, I remember it started getting bigger. Kirsten and I got called up to the adult table. Oh boy! Yeah, and and so and that was a bunch of you know that, that was a dining table that maybe was good enough for eight people, sure. twelve, right, mm-hmm. right, <laughs> with our grandparents and then the the five kids and their spouses and then us wedged in. So I'm there by our grandfather. Our grandfather was arguably a pretty stoic 
old school. Yeah, you think? <laughs> kind, of, kind of guy. And if you had your elbows on the table, he would smack your elbows. If you yep. reach across the table, he'd smack your hand the whole night, like old school. And I was terrified because they put me right, <laughs> right next, next to him. <laughs> and I was a notorious chew with my mouth open kid. Yes, you which were. Which means I was going to get smacked. And then I was like, I, I was freaking out. I was probably 11 or 12 when that happened, when I got called up to the bigs. I just, I remember that being just terrified. And then when we were in the kitchen, I could completely not eat the turkey. Yeah. Right. I could like move it around and then, oh, I'm done. And I would, I would eat the mashed potatoes. I would eat the broccoli cheese bake. Sitting there at the adult table, right next to our grandfather. Oh, I had to choke it down. And back then, you remember that turkey? It was, it was, it was like Christmas vacation. It was dry. You had to dip it in gravy just to make it moist enough to even swallow. That's not true at all. I don't like, – well uh, – Because you didn't like it, Steve. All and I had that gag are... thing. Remember I had the gag yes, reflex? You did. So if it was food that I didn't like, I yeah. – Yeah, it was – well, was, I see that's one of the few times I actually benefited from you being a completely horrible child when it comes to stuff like that. Like, mom and dad were so burnt out about trying to get kids to eat food that they didn't want to eat when I when it got to me. Like, we had some battles when I was a kid. I remember stuffing broccoli in my underwear, and I remember, <laughs> I remember mashing it under my plate just to get it off yeah. of there. But as I got older, they were just so worn out that they just gave up. They're just like, yeah, we don't care. Just eat something so you have food. Right, yeah. You have caloric nope. intake so you have some energy but like whatever no i had to sit there i had to sit there and and this is not just for thanksgiving but this would be like particularly at home like it was the you sit there till you finish your plate and it was gross ass shit we've talked about the brussels sprouts (laughs) on the podcast before which is i didn't realize you could make brussels sprouts actually good if you cook them correctly if you take the frozen block of brussels sprouts and you boil them in water they taste like snot yeah so I eat Brussels sprouts now, no exaggeration, four times a week. Yeah. It's because you probably cook with like butter and garlic, no, a little mm-mm. bit of bacon. No bacon. It, um, well, tossed with olive oil, they cut in half, and I get this spicy uh, habanero balsamic. <laughs> toss it together and then finish it with just a, a little Parmesan cheese sure. at the end. I just started doing the Parmesan cheese it's called, thing. It's called like seasoning food. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Our mother was not, God rest her soul, was not the greatest no, at seasoning cook. food. Like not I, a strong cook. No, no, not her. She was a lot of things. Hmm. Betty Crocker, she was not. Like, <laughs> no. I still get nostalgic over rice aroni, man. I still we have it like once a week. Anytime Aaron mm. goes, "What do you want for your side?" I'm like, "Do we have rice aroni?" She's like, "Yeah." I'm like, can we have that, please? I like rice aroni. It's the San Francisco treat, Steve. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I would fill up on that stuff. That was so good. Yeah, but yeah, so, I have soft spots for that. But like, if you if you listen to the way you're talking, Steve, all of the stories are talking from your perspective. Like it's like everybody else thinks turkey's great, and you're like, "That was the worst turkey ever." Really? Like, no, no, it wasn't. It everybody was liked turkey. the turkey. Yes. Really? Yes. The turkey was oh. good. I never, I never liked Easter because I friggin' hate ham steak. I always hated the thick cut. Oh, ham. You know, I remember one year I talked to Grandma into making a separate ham because I liked ham better than turkey. Then, yeah. See, I was, I don't like the, I like the like chip chop ham, like shaved ham for like sandwiches and stuff like that. But you give me you know, that like ha- the spiral, that ham the spiral steak. ham. Yeah, give me the ham steak and the scalloped potatoes, man. Blech. I hated Easter, Thanksgiving. Uh, Christmas, yeah. all those were great. Graduation parties, any of that stuff. But for some reason, I always dreaded Easter. Mm. It's always like deviled eggs and. Uh, yeah. uh, I wasn't big on the deviled eggs. Those were another eggs, staple of Thanksgiving salad. too. 
I hate it. Have I hate deviled eggs. I hate them. I hate because we'd always make you'd make colored eggs for Easter. So we had a bunch of eggs left over. So they'd always make like egg salad, salad. or oh, deviled oh, eggs. So like anything get out with of here. mayonnaise. And again, now I eat mayonnaise like uh, like I don't know mm. like dip. Ugh. I mean, it, I, I don't like I, cold I get, eggs. I'll eat I eggs. Get avocado. Like we get this avocado mayonnaise. Primal Kitchen is supposed to be kind of healthy for you. It's made with avocado oil and all that. I mean, I, I literally I mix Frank's Red Hot with it. And I make it like an aioli out of it, and I put it on everything. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I use it as a salad dressing. <laughs> like, um, all right. So, any anything else about? the growing up and this would have been a good one to have our sister on right because i think Probably. she would have, she would have been on my side when it came to the turkey because she's not a big well she's a vegetarian man that doesn't count <laughs> <laughs> well that's at least two all right well we have to take a poll are you going up to erie for christmas no hmm. why, would I, why would i drive into that hell hole in the middle of I don't know. december see, see our cousins and stuff um no. so i will say this there was there so every year from the time I don't know from that I can remember, we went from we would all get together Thanksgiving either in Conneaut, and then later when our grandparents died and everything, we would move it from Conneaut to Illyria. Illyria. Right? I think yeah. we tried to do it once. Our house was just not conducive to have all those people in it. But no. our, our, our our Illyria, for those who don't know, we're outside of Cleveland, western side of Cleveland, um, made famous by the band Filter because they recorded their album there. Um, <laughs> Side note. Anyways, so we would do that. But there was one year where we did not do that. We went to Fort Lauderdale because our sister at the time lived in Fort Lauderdale. Do you remember that? That was great. It was was the best Thanksgiving Thanksgiving ever. ever. Right? We went went to a seafood buffet. (laughs) It was like In like Miami or whatever for, 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 for for our brunch, we did. I think we did. It was like a seafood brunch or something. But yeah. it was like an all you can eat crab legs. Yep. I got my fill of shrimp to bring this full circle. I got to eat the <laughs> hell, the hell out of some shrimp. And Mom we didn't went, have to cook anything. It was it was it was a lot of fun. And then we went and sat on the beach. That's we all did. we did. Like we didn't go. I don't remember. We didn't go like really do any touristy stuff. Like we were all older then. I was in high school, right? Like I was in. I mean, yeah, I was in Raleigh. I was in Raleigh because I flew out of Raleigh, and I only lived in Raleigh from in '97 to '99. Okay, yeah, I think it was like '97 because I don't know if I was in college yet, but it was my might have been my senior year of high school. But I remember, like, we didn't do anything super touristy. We didn't go to Disney. We didn't do anything. I just remember there's a picture of the three of us sitting on the beach after Thanksgiving dinner. We're all just like pleasantly stuffed, and we're all just sitting like laying around. It was one of my favorite. Because it's when you have the the full house all the time for Thanksgiving, like when we used to go to Conneaut or go to Illyria, it was always so much going on. And especially me being the youngest and usually the punching bag of all of it, it was harrowing. I I don't want to say I dreaded it, but I knew something. I was like, all right, I got to be on my game today. I had a head on a swivel, like don't get back to the corner. Like, that's, but that's how I, Steve, like, that's how I developed my sharp tongue. Like, my ability to talk myself into and out of most situation comes from those those holidays. The Lord of the Flies. Kid. It was the Lord it, of the Flies. It was. And Survival I was, of the fittest. 
I was the lowest on the totem pole because the Marlowe's, Tommy and Mike, were a little bit too young, so you guys couldn't be malicious to them. Allison was such a whiner that if you went after her, she would just turn and go up to her parents. Where like I was just like, all right, I gotta fucking stick this out because that <laughs> I'd walk up and Dad would be like three Canadian houses deep, and he's like, I'll just shake it off, you're fine, and I would just go back. All right, I go back downstairs and I take my take my lashings, and but I learned. To think on my feet, I learned to be really able to argue in and out of stuff. Like that's, but that's I the the one when we went to Florida was my one of my favorites because we didn't fight, we didn't go do anything extravagant. It was just our family without the hustle yeah. and bustle of Thanksgiving and all the forced camaraderie. That it was just us enjoying a trip in the middle of winter because. You know, we yep. were, I mean, mom, dad, and I were all up in Erie, which is gray and cold and 30, <laughs> right. 30 degrees. So, like, going anywhere warm was awesome. And wearing a tank top after Thanksgiving dinner was, was great. Pretty I cool. Yeah. We're on, and it was unseasonably warm for, yeah, Lauder, it was. we were in Lauderdale by the sea. We couldn't yep. stay with our sister. We had to stay at that little inn, like that little, yeah. that little motel. But it was cool Shit. because it was off season. There was right? nobody there. Yeah, it was, like, nobody. empty everywhere. It was awesome. Yeah. Because nobody's going to Lauderdale by the Sea over over Thanksgiving. Yeah, so. everyone's going to do normal stuff. But yeah, yeah. I remember that. There's it was a, cool. The, I gotta find if you find that picture. I know I have a copy of it because they gave they gave it to all of us. But if you find it during your picture scanning, scan it, send it to me. There's I three don't of think us. I have. There's three of us sitting on a, a lounge. I remember I have like a, a, a white or beige hat on backwards with like a tank top. You're laying on like the the chair on the beach, and Jen's sitting there, kind of laughing. Hmm. I yeah, remember, I don't like. I, I can see it in I like. I, I can tell you the sun's to the left. Like, like I can tell you the way it's lit because it was one of my favorite pictures. I know I probably have it somewhere. But All right, well, you're gonna have to send it. me a copy because I don't. I, I went through. Because we had like I had some water damage from like a bunch of my photos when we lived when we had that flood in Virginia, yeah. um, and so I had like the scrapbook that Mom made us, and or that I had one that I had everything was in a photo album. And it started getting moisture in the pictures, like so. I wanted to make sure I, I so I scanned all those, and by yeah. doing that, I went through and I just I don't recall. I'll have to go look again. I still have the book, but I I, I don't recall having that copy of that one. No, I have it. So but I'll look. I'm gonna was, go through some. Yeah, it was pretty pretty epic. Um, and you know, we're, so this year for Thanksgiving, we it was, you know, with us being you know twenty one hundred miles away from you know Erie, Pittsburgh, whatever, mm-hmm. um, it was just the four of us. It was still nice because I've been you know I've been on the road a lot, traveling. We just sure. sat around, made a fire. Uh, we had, it was the first fire that we had in our in our wood stove in our family room, and it was it was super cool. But I do miss. Sure. Not just the shrimp cocktail and the corned <laughs> beef rounds and the chicken liver. I, I just, I, there's a part of me that misses misses that. And uh, but again, well, that's, I think that's part of the that's part of my draw to beautiful girls. I get that little sure. bit of nostalgia from it. Um, but it's something we're gonna have to focus on um, going forward is trying to get back for the, you know, a, a holiday here and there, whether it be Thanksgiving or or Christmas. Yeah, Steve, you're the one that lives on the other coast. I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know where we live. Lives over there. Like, I live in Philly, but we're happy. I will say the first year or two was not bad at all. We had like no. we had turkey burgers one year, and we had nachos <laughs> and tacos the other year. Jeez! This so year we, we did are... a pork. This year we did a pork loin because I don't like turkey's gross. No, it's not gross. You need to have Aaron's turkey then. She does okay. this Cajun rub turkey that it like marinates into the meat. Oh, it's so good because mm. her. 
her niece, my my niece in law, her her sister Amy's kid said the same thing. She was like, I hate turkey. So like we made it. I was like, just try this one. And she tried it. She was like, Oh my god, that is really good. I'm like, Yeah, it's because it's cooked and seasoned properly. Like, just, <laughs> to, just take a bird, throw it in the oven for four hours. Like yeah, that's you got to exactly. brine it. You got to. Yeah. I know there's schools of thought on brining. Yeah, you do exactly. Don't do it. But we're I, hosting I, we're hosting Aaron's entire extended family. Take a guess. How many? I don't know. Thirty. Thirty-two. Yeah, we got the house for it, though. Yeah, we got the house for it. Like, but luckily, no one's only the people that stay in here are Aaron's parents. So it's just like, all right. So like, game time from like ten to like eight, and then after that, then it's just cleaning and putting everything back together. But was that yeah. Thanksgiving or was that you, you talking no, about for Christmas? For Christmas, yeah. Thanksgiving, we we just did small. It was just me, Aaron, and Brody. We just kind of kept to ourselves, and her parents came down and stuff. But we're doing full blowout. Christmas party, Secret Santa, all of that stuff oh, at wow. our house. White, white elephant. Yep. Yep. Nice. Oh, we're doing yeah, that work. I got to get something. It's going to be rough. I tried to find. So we're doing. I, I have an ugly sweater, but I, it lights up. I used it last year. I didn't win, so I need to do. I need to dig deep. I really looked hard for uh, a, a Nakatomi Plaza Christmas '88 sweater. Steve, did I type? I'll send you the picture of mine. Mine is a navy blue sweater with white and red on it, and it says, "Now I have a machine gun." Ho ho ho! And it has it's, but it's like a, it, it's written like the note from Die Hard, and then it's yeah, like yeah. got the Nakatomi's in the design, like the building itself, and then it has like guns across it. And stuff yeah, I've like seen, that. I saw that one. Like I now I have a machine gun too. I was looking for more of the. Even if it was just a T-shirt to wear for the ugly sweater, just the, the Christmas Nakatomi, party, one. Nakatomi Christmas party '98. Like it's kind yeah. of you know it looks worn, it's, but yeah. it'd be one we should print up, offer it for sale, then we'll get sued. Then we'll um, get sued. All right, anything else to add to this one? We're right at an hour, and uh, those were the things I wanted to, to cover off on. Well, yeah, you never gave me a topic, so I didn't really prep anything. <laughs> well, we were going to talk about Thanksgiving, but to, you know, this this is, uh, um, yeah, it was good. That's what I wanted to go through. We did more, a little more, a uh, little more nostalgia on this one, yeah. uh, which is cool, uh, and a little pop culture there with beautiful girls and, and uh, Calvin and Hobbes and stuff. So, Bob Clark, <laughs> Bob Clark. Oh right, Porky's and a Christmas story. So we will and do Black a Christmas. Do want to do a Christmas episode um, sure. sometime in the next couple of weeks? Uh, so uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I, I never post anything, or rarely post. It, it comes. You can follow, in, you can follow me on Twitter. I post it, some stuff. Ebbs and flows. At you can go Matt, at Matt Twits or at Acquired. You're Acquired Wit, right? Acquired Wit. Yep. Spelled correctly with the A C Q U I R E D. A C Q U Yes. I R E D. I just. Stopped renewing the misspelled one. I was looking through my GoDaddy account and realized that I was still paying thirty bucks a year for A Q U I R E D. Yeah, acquired wit. You spelled it wrong. I was because that's my my sign in for my website is still spelled wrong because I can't change it because it's, it's mm-hmm. set in stone. So because I am I swear smart. You said it to me. You're like it's all set up. I was like, do you want to spell it right this time? And you're like, wait, what? And I was like, it's spelled wrong, you moron. He was like, no. Yeah, it horrible, was. but horrible I'm doing a full rebranding. Wits, Wits End Photo or Wits End Pictures is coming soon. So oh, nice! You, know, you can kill. Nice. The other I was one. gonna say I just canceled the, your your other site too. I was paying I was paying like fifteen bucks a month for that. What the full acquired wit one? Yeah. Ah, crap! I need to take it off my social media and stuff. Then I didn't know you did. Oh, that. I thought you told me I could do that like no, yeah. months months ago. Yeah, that's fine. I don't right. care. Well, it's still up. It is because it I it just won't it won't renew come January. 
Oh, okay. So I still have a few months. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair yeah, enough. You're good. All right. So, so yeah, you can go not to acquired wit. I mean, if you want to, if you want to get in touch with Chris, you can. But for the podcast, it's at Matchwits on Twitter and it's Matchwits.com. And with that, Chris, take us out. I bid you adieu. A beautiful girl can make you dizzy. She can make you feel high. A beautiful girl is all powerful, and that is as good as love.